In the Blurry Photos justice system, the listeners are represented by two separate but equal Davids. The Stecco, who prosecutes the conspiracies, and the Flora, who defends them. Spiritually based offenders are considered especially hainted. These are their stories. Your Honor, David Stecco here for the prosecution. In the following testimony, I believe I will prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the the defense's assertion that uh, reptiles are in control of most of the world's governments for the purposes of mining monoatomic gold to be baseless and ridiculous, and we will stop at nothing less than a ruling of debunked. No, I say, Your Honor, Your Honor, David Flora here for the defendant. It's preposterous uh, what my colleague uh, on the prosecutors is, is, is insinuating here. I would just like to say that, that my client is, is just a simple, cold-blooded, bloodthirsty, humanoid reptilian race who uh, uh, lives on the ground and, and only wants their fair shot at controlling the minds of the people, thinning out the population as it were, with, with such uh, simple strategies as, as fluoridating the water, uh, as putting GMOs in all the food, and, and far more... Uh, uh, objection, Your Honor. Uh, counsel is uh, now leaning on gross speculation and drawing in other conspiracies, and uh, as it was proven in the People versus JFK versus the Moon Men, that you cannot simultaneously defend two conspiracies by attempting to, to intertwine them. Uh, the RICO statute does not cover that, and I would ask that that testimony be uh, 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 not allowed. Overruled. I want to see where this goes. Ah. Uh, thank, thank you, Your Honor. Uh, as I was finishing up here, before I was so rudely uh, interrupted by the interjections of my uh, uh, colleague across the bar, uh, I was just wanting to say, uh, back home when I was growing up, back in uh, Honey Island, Louisiana, uh, my daddy used to tell me, as he was feeding me snickerballs, Vienna sausages, that you cannot judge a reptile based on his reptilian skin, and you cannot judge a person based on if they want to rule the world and control the minds and the hearts of the people in it. Uh, Your Honor, I'd like to counter that with a simple question. If you cannot judge a reptile based on it being a reptilian, and you cannot judge a person based on their intentions, can you not judge a person who is actually a reptile wearing the skin of a human? Get to the point, please. Uh, Your Honor, what I'm saying is that the defense is doing an admirable job of clouding the issue. This is a falsity. There are Uh, no... uh, 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 Objection, Your Honor. Objection. Uh, I I believe uh, uh, the defense is getting badgered by the the, the prosecution. And I just want to relate to you a story back when I was growing up in Macon, Georgia. It's a a simple story about a badger. Uh, This badger, he he lived up in the Uh, woods, you see. Counter objection, Your Honor. Uh, Defense is trying to grandstand and tell uh, endearing tales that are only tangentially of interest to the court. Your Honor, can I get a ruling on that, please? Uh, uh, Before before you rule, Your Honor, can I I double uh, objection to, to that objection? Y'all, both of you, shut up. I have my ruling. You're going to be dismissed from the court. This whole case is dismissed. I don't want to see you all in this courtroom again. Everybody knows Jin run this shit.
Case dismissed. Justice! <laughs> Podcast style. Hey, everybody. I'm David Flora. <laughs> and representing the people, David Stecco. <laughs> and uh, this is hereby ruled blurry photos. You are sentenced to uh, about 70 minutes of this. <laughs> <laughs> You do your your crime, and, yeah. and then you got to do the time. That's right. That's right. So, oh well, hey, happy Halloween, motherfuckers! Oh, hey, don't don't uh, don't forget to save us some treats. Yeah, there. I know we love them. Unless you get lots of tricks. Oh, don't you forget gotta... to save us a few tricks too. Wink, wink, oh. Fly me to the moon. <laughs> and don't forget to tip your waitress. We're high on candy and good times. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. like literally that's it. Uh we're drunk <laughs> on happiness. <laughs> we just murdered someone with yeah. good jokes. Oh. <laughs> I'm guilty of having too much fun <laughs> and multiple sex offenses. Yeah. I was legally uh, required to say that and I tried to work it into a joke. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have come to the end. <sighs> Of blurry photober. But fortunately, it's it's exactly the episode you've been waiting for. Are you ready to have your spine tingled? Ooh. ooh, <laughs> ooh. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> what else? What else? What is another good there's spine Are, hair? You ready to have your hairs raised? Ooh, yeah. I am. How about your goose is bumped? <laughs> I won't bump your goose. <laughs> Y'all ready to have your butts pinched? I don't. I tried. Oh, I you tried. made it weird. You made it weird. I, just, I was just trying. This is what I get for trying. It's time for blurry photo story. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things. I don't think that anyone like. I'm sure you guys enjoy that, but I love it. Because I get to see Flora like he is that guy for the whole time that he's laughing. That would be a great looping gift to put on the website. <laughs> Maybe that could be like the new uh, your email has been sent is just a gift of you. <laughs> it's like the Kool-Aid man busting through a wall. <laughs> exactly. Over and over and over. Uh, yeah, you guys, this is our uh, annual ghost stories. Congratulations episode. to all of us for having something become annual. Yay! So we like telling uh, telling some spooky stories. Oh, you know we love them spooky-ass stories. We brought you some for uh, campfires. Yep. But now we're going to bring you some for the best time of the year. Oh, man. This the time is... when stories were made to be told. Yep. Yeah, so uh, this being uh, the the old uh, costumey time of year. The hallowest of weens. The, the first the, the first and best uh, uh, costumey uh, event. Yep. I mean, people dress up for 4th of July and Labor Day and stuff, I know, but like uh, Halloween owns owns the hill that, yeah. uh, that they have the contest on. So if you came up with a, a really uh, uh, cool costume this year, hey, send it to us. Let us yeah. let us know. Yeah, I want to see that. Or or just what you can do is go to the to the contact form and say, hey, I've got a uh, costume that that I'd like to show off, and then we'll reply and be like, all right, reply to it and attach it to this email, and is, then that's yeah. all you got to do. Or how about uh, I officially declare the opening of the Blurry Photos Halloween costume contest? You know what the winner gets? An MS Paint certificate <laughs> made by David Flora. Oh. No, I'll make it. Flora does too much work as it is. <laughs> I'm 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 in charge of certificate tree. Yeah, that's true. 
And and you you do a better job than I would anyway. I very much doubt that. <laughs> I very thoroughly, thoroughly doubt that. But uh, yeah, if you want to send us uh, your your costumes and we can post them on on the site, share them with with people, and be like, yeah, this is the fun stuff that that we that we do. If there's one thing that I am dead sure of is that our listeners have the best Halloween costumes. I I would uh, I would double down on that bet. Yep. I, yeah, I, that's I would, I would double down. Split those aces. Double down. <laughs> Blackjack. <laughs> that, that'll be fun. Uh, if you don't have a, a particularly kick-ass homemade costume, uh, if, you, if you've got a sexy costume, even though we bitch about it, we'll still take it. Yeah. We love it. I, I mean, like... I, I got to figure out what I'm going to go as. You had a great costume last year. I did. I did. But uh, now there's going to be an army of Walter Whites. It's, so you're, it's, you, you don't have that there's option. There's probably an army last year, too. But um, You're the best one I saw. <laughs> it's probably the only one you saw. Um, yeah, you were. See, so thus proving the point that there was no, there wasn't an army last year. Suck it, uh, checkmate, man. I'm a good uh, lawyer. Uh, uh, objection, your honor. <laughs> your honor. Le- leading the witness. Why not? Let's let's uh, let's have fun with with costumes, uh, and then um, you can use this episode to scare your friends to make them feel bad. One for not having as cool a costume as you, and yep. two. Not having spooky stories. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, you're instantly going to win the costume if you guys decide to dress as me and Flora. <laughs> but but you should do it as buff versions of us. Like, if I see one person with a pillow under their shirt to simulate my completely real belly, I'm going to be pissed. So let's like let's like try to elevate it, make it look make us look good, guys. Yeah, make us the avatars of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Great. So, uh, so let's get into this. So you can you can start uh, uh, learning your lines. Commands to spook it for when you for when you need to uh, retell these haunting, harrowing tales of horror now, to your friends. Yep, to your friends. Now, uh, in the interest of of fairness, Flora, would you like to flip a coin as to who starts? Or would you just like to start? You want to seize the reins? I, I like leaving it to fate. Nice. All right. Call it in the air. Bing bang. Tales. Ow. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, Flora goes first. Oh, right. Good good deal, Flora. You did it. You nailed it. So I'll start us out here with a little tale called The Cry. A long plaintive wail emanated from the cardboard box. Whether Jacob had seen the box or heard the cry first, he couldn't be sure. But he was certain that the pitiful sound came from the box. This this is also this is falling in line again. <laughs> yeah, with our our theory. That yeah, let's let's repeat let's repeat the ghost tale theory. Go for it, Flora. Inform our listeners who may not have heard last year's La- Halloween episode. Last year's. Uh, if you go back and listen to it, we formulate this theory that starting out a ghost story. You, if if you stopped within the first couple sentences, somebody might not be able to tell that you're not reading a pornographic story. Yep. Yeah. It could be like erotic, erotic literature, literature or a ghost story. You'll never know which. So to test this theory, I'm going to start this over with that in mind. Yeah. Give us some porn. This is some erotic literature for you. A long plaintive wail emanated from the cardboard box. Whether Jacob had seen the box or heard the cry first, he couldn't be sure. But he was certain that the pitiful sound came from the box. All right. So 
right? Yeah, that one was on the. I don't. I don't know if that one Dude. sounded terribly erotic. All right. All right. I mean, even 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 using rough my my, my erotic voice. Right. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know if that one really played. But exception that proves the rule. Exception that proves the rule. <laughs> uh, I'll keep going. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> At once he was regretting taking the shortcut from the burger bar to the car park. (laughs) On account of his diarrhea. (laughs) He had always felt uncomfortable using it after dark. The passage between the record shop and the butchers was only just wide enough for one person, and it was badly lit with a single bulb. Where it opened out behind the shops, anyone could be hiding in the dark, out of sight of the main street hardly visible in the shadows from the vast, empty car park. Still, he had something else to worry about this time, because there was that cry again, audible above the sound of the fans in the refrigeration unit at the back of the butcher's shop. It was a heart-rending sound of loneliness, pain, and hunger that brought back memories of childhood punishments when Jacob's mother locked him in his bedroom without any dinner. He could hear her voice even now, all these years later. You disgusting little monster. (laughs) What was that awful sound? What should he do about it? Leave it, probably. Let someone else sort it out. Nobody had helped him then, locked in his bedroom, or in the dark, under the stairs, covered, shivering in his wet pajamas, his cries drowned out by his mother's ranting and the loud rumble of the washing machine. Dude's got some issues. Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) This is this is dark. The cry went on long and pathetic, rising and falling in pitch. It was probably some kittens. The abandoned (laughs) and and unwanted offspring of a family pet discarded by a callous owner. If it was, and if he opened the box, what then? He'd have to feel responsible for them and take them home. Now better to leave them for someone else, not his problem. But the cry was echoing round the alley, echoing inside his head. There was something about it that sounded almost human. Perhaps it was a baby shut in the box, he thought, in the dark. He couldn't leave a baby shut inside a box, alone in the dark. Kittens, f*** them, but babies. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, the baby, you know, the police get involved with That's that. That's the kind of responsibility you want. He'd been killing kittens for years. <laughs> Jacob knew how that felt, to be shut in, how you could not breathe, how you began to sweat, how you could feel the blood rushing and roaring through your temples and the contents of your stomach rising in your throat, The waves of panic that wash hot and cold through the body. Just the type of stuff a baby could feel. (laughs) Exactly exactly the things that a baby understands. And Jacob knew if there was any chance that it could be a baby, he had no choice but to look inside the box. He was within a foot of the cardboard box when suddenly there was a slight movement from the box and the crying ceased. All was quiet, except the thrum of the fans in the butcher's shop wall. The top of the box was sealed with wide brown parcel tape. Jacob managed to get his fingernail under the end and peeled off the tape in one go. Pulling open the flaps, he stared into the shadowy darkness, trying to make some sense of the shape within. It didn't look like a baby. In fact, there seemed to be more than one set of eyes blinking back at him. Kittens, I was right the first time, he thought. God damn it! reaching in with both hands to pick one up. Taloned hands grabbed both his wrists, sudden and vice-like. Searing pain shot up his arms. 
He yelled and tried to pull away. The claws pulled back hard and sharp, digging into his flesh and forcing him off balance. Jacob realized that there was no way he could stop himself falling headfirst into the cardboard box. As his head entered the box, more small clawing hands grabbed at it, pulling at his hair and ears. He felt sharp talons scraping his face, dig into his neck and shoulders. Even as his chest passed into the box, Jacob was aware of the wet and warm, strangely comforting feeling spreading through the front of his trousers. Oh, what? Then as the claws pulled the rest of his body down into the darkness, he felt the hot and cold waves of panic running through his body. As he struggled for breath, the blood roaring in his ears, his shouts of terror began to subside, turning first into a whimper, then into a long, plaintive wail. And the dragon eats its own tail. The cycle never ends. The Ouroboros continues forever and ever. Wow. That's the cry, dude. That's why you never open a box ever again. Nope. UPS. Especially in an hour. More like nope PS. <laughs> Screw UPS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was DHL, a good... DHL, more like DHL. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of one for FedEx. So I'm going to move. <laughs> FedEx, more like Fed us. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> Moving on to further tales of misery and woe. This tale is called Black Aggie. Oh, Black Aggie, bam a lamb. Oh, Black Aggie, bam a lamb. Black Aggie was a ghost. Bam a lamb, she's ghost with the most. Bam a lamb, Black Aggie hates your face. Bam a lamb, she's a haint all day. Bam a lamb, oh, Black Aggie. I hope everyone's scared now. By this this tale. Did we did we slowly turn into Betty from Aggie? Because <laughs> yeah. we're just trained. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Do you want to know what's weird? You know uh, the best version of that song, my favorite version. This is not bullshit. I'm an actual non-ironic and not sarcastic fan of Tom Jones, the singer. Okay, it's not unusual to be loved by a woman. I love Tom Jones. And uh, years ago, about He's ten Welsh, years ago, right? Yep. You told us that. Yep. But 10 years ago, he released an album called Tom Jones' Greatest Hits Reloaded. Ooh. And Where he doubled up with Metallica. No, he actually really did like work with a bunch of like famous bands. Oh, cool. He did a song with Portishead, um, with Cyrus Matthews from Catatonia. I mean, it was a great album. Wow. But he decided to cover Black Betty, okay? <laughs> and the opening of it. The thing that I love is that he gets so excited. He goes, this is TJ dedicating this one to Lead Belly. <laughs> He's really, he was really in the zone. So that's neither here nor there. Now I have to bring you back. See, I have to, it's hard. I can't just hold the audience's head under the water of sheer mortal terror. They have to come up for air every now and again. Yeah. Then I put it back in there oh my and shake their head around. <laughs> 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 All right. So this is the tale of Black Aggie. Whoa, black <laughs> <laughs> he can't be, say it. No, it's gonna. No, I, I gonna got. I, I got it. I got it. Okay, ready. Okay. The tale of Black Aggie. Bam the <laughs> When Felix Angus put up the life-size shrouded bronze statue of a grieving angel seated on a pedestal in the Angus family pot. <laughs> 
How many commas can you put in a sentence? Okay, this is a tale of terrifying grammar. <laughs> I'm going to start over. The okay. story itself is is uh, secondary to the yeah, this horrible, kind of... frightening grammar it's... that's used. The runaway sentence. <laughs> okay. The double negative. <laughs> All right, here we go. Try it again. From the top. Whoa, oh, black baggage. Bang, bang, Okay. God damn, everyone's going to be like, Jesus, just fucking finish the story. Yeah. I think I just, ta- yeah, I just tapped into that. Okay. When Felix Angus put up the life-size shrouded bronze statue of a grieving angel seated on a pedestal in the Angus family plot in the Druid Ridge Cemetery, he had no idea what he started. Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, God. The statue was a rather eerie figure by day, frozen in a moment of grief and terrible pain. At night, the figure was almost unbelievably creepy, (laughs) the shroud over its head obscuring the face until you were up close to it. There was a living air about the grieving angel, as if its arms could really reach out and grab you if you weren't careful. Or if you you blinked. blinked. I was way ahead of you on that one. Mm -hmm. It didn't take long for rumors to sweep through the town and surrounding countryside. They said that the statue, nicknamed Black Aggie, Bambalam, was haunted by a spirit of a mistreated wife who lay beneath her feet. From the Alabama. St- <laughs> the statue's eyes would glow red at the stroke of midnight, and any living person who returned the statue's gaze would instantly be struck blind. Any pregnant woman who passed through her shadow would miscarry. Also, she's not supposed to handle broken tablets of Propecia. Those are, that's the other thing the pregnant woman's yeah. not supposed to do. There's a lot of rules to being pregnant. <laughs> if you sat on her lap at night, the statue would come to life and crush you to death in her dark embrace. <laughs> what a way to go. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, God. We're in serious trouble. If you spoke Black Aki's name three times at midnight <laughs> in front of a dark mirror, Tom Jones would appear <laughs> with the specter of lead belly. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Okay. <laughs> you have to say Bamble Lamb three times to, to make her go away again. Oh. All right. If you spoke Black Aggie's name three times at midnight in front of a dark mirror, the evil angel would appear and pull you down to hell. They also said that the spirits of the dead would rise from their graves on dark nights to gather around the statue at night. That is insane. That was a redundant night, because they were already done dark nights. Hmm. People began visiting the cemetery just to see the statue, and it was then that the local fraternity decided to make the Statue of Grief part of their initiation rites. Black Aggie sitting, Bambalam, where candidates for membership had to spend the night crouched beneath the statue with their backs to the grave of General Angus, became popular. At least he wasn't a colonel. <laughs> I got it. I just got it. One dark night, Bambalam, two fraternity members accompanied new hopefuls to the cemetery and watched while he took his place under the creepy statue, Bambalam. The clouds had obscured the moon at night, and the whole... (laughs) Okay. The clouds had obscured the moon that night, and the whole area surrounding the dark statue was filled with a sense of anger and malice. Bamba Lamb. 
It felt as if a storm were brewing in that part of the cemetery, Bambalam, and to their chagrin, the two fraternity members noticed that gray shadows seemed to be clustering around the body of the frightened fraternity candidate crouching in front of the statue, Bambalam. What had been a funny initiation rite suddenly took on an air of danger. One of the fraternity brothers stepped forward in alarm to call out to the initiate. As he did, the statue above the boy stirred ominously. The two fraternity brothers froze in shock as the shrouded head turned towards the new candidate. They saw the gleam of glowing red eyes beneath the concealing hood of the statue's arms reached out towards the cowering boy. With shouts of alarm, Bambalam, the fraternity brothers leapt forward to rescue their new initiate, Bambalam. But it was too late. Bam. The initiate gave one horrified yell, Bambalam, and his body disappeared into the embrace of the dark angel, Bambalam. How long can I do this I for? I don't know. How long can people listen for? Yeah, no sh. We've already They're... turned it off. Yeah. The fraternity brothers skidded to a halt as the statue thoughtfully rested its glowing eyes on them. With gasps of terror, the boys fled from the cemetery before the statue could grab them, too. Hearing the screams, a night watchman hurried to the Angus plot. To his chagrin, he discovered the body of a young man lying at the foot of the statue. The young man had apparently died of fright. The disruption caused by the statue grew so acute that the Angus family finally donated to the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C. The grieving angel sat for many years in storage there, never again to plague the citizens visiting Druid Hill Park Cemetery. Bambalam. She'll screw you up, bro. Don't look up, bro. Yeah, she's the bane of bros. Also, did you notice that this story just kind of just kind of went Raiders of the Lost Ark at the end? Yeah. It belongs in a museum. I think that Black Aggie, you know, took out some bros. Well, they were being disrespectful. B- Black Aggie knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we should find this person because I think we did a good job. That story is cool and scary. I wish someone could tell it to me in a scary way. Reply. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. There's Black Aggie. Wow. Bam, lamb. Fun. Your, your turn, Flora, right. for what I, I hope is a more streamlined story. That, that story, I shouldn't have picked that. That was nothing but digression and ridiculousness. And extra syllables. All right. Uh, this one This one doesn't have a, a song to go with it that I can think of. If you can think of a song to go with it. That, uh, right, that right sounds like a challenge. Uh, this is called Nightmare House. Ah. What? Say it again. Nightmare House. <laughs> Ruler of the day, man. Uh-huh. I'm just fighting for it now. It... <laughs> Nightman, Dayman? Not, uh, no, Nightmare House is is the name of the. the all, right, all right. Nightmare House. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night. Steve had just come in from having tied down anything that could possibly. <laughs> Keep all going. right, all right, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want this theory to work. Me uh, too. <laughs> Steve had just come in from having tied down anything that could possibly blow away in the wind. <laughs> blow away in the wind outside. 
cold seeping into his bones, he decided to sit by the fireplace to warm up. He closed the door to the large living room of the large house he had just purchased. His wife and daughter were back at the old home, gathering up some of the last items to be moved to their new one. Steve decided to stay the night by himself to get a feel for the house. The house was probably too large for such a small family, but Steve couldn't pass up the goodbye he got on it. An old antique house, incredibly large, in a quiet, secluded area, for such a small price. You'd be stupid not to get it. Steve still couldn't believe how lucky he was. The television was one of the items his wife was bringing the next day, so he decided to read a book to pass the time. He sipped at his hot coffee while being warmed by the crackling fireplace. Steve couldn't help but look forward to many more nights like this, all snug in front of the grand fireplace on the cold winter nights that would eventually come. He had just started to get into his book when he heard a tapping sound from the upper floor. Steve brushed it off quickly. Old houses like this always make sounds like that in the movies, even though I'm sure it's had enough time to settle. <laughs> he had to chuckle over his corny joke. He went back to his book, but the sound started again. It seemed to be moving across the room upstairs. Perhaps mice, thought Steve. I should really look into that tomorrow morning. The wife would not be pleased to find mice in their new home. Tomorrow, though, no use chasing mice in the dark. Then Steve heard what sounded like a door opening upstairs. The big room was starting to feel a bit less cozy. He tried to pass it off as his imagination running wild, and tried to immerse himself in his book. It did no good because this time, the sounds didn't go away. The tapping, then footsteps, started to sound like they were coming down the stairs. Down the stairs that led to the living room's door louder and louder as they went down. Steve had put the book down now and was staring at the door with great intensity. What if it's a robber, he thought, or worse. No, he mustn't let his imagination go wild. He stared at the great door and heard the footsteps keep thumping, finally coming off the stairs and towards the door. He stared at the door, his fear increasing. The fireplace suddenly went out. The door handle started to turn. Steve was too frightened to get up to stop it, stuck in his place by his fear. Slowly it creaked open until it was finally completely open to Steve. A great blinding light filled the room from the door. A blood-curdling scream arose from Steve. Linda pulled into the driveway in her truck. She was sure she finally had gotten every last thing and was ready to move into the new house. Her daughter bounced out of the truck and ran towards the house. Linda thought, not for the first time, that the house was much too big for the three of them, but Steve was too much in love with it for her to change his mind. She had told him not to spend the night in the house alone, but he had insisted. She smiled to herself. The big goof was probably going to tell their daughter all kinds of ghost stories he made up last night, and she'll end up trying to soothe her to bed tonight. Her daughter bounded into the house, then she followed closely behind. She called for Steve, but there was no answer. Probably still sleeping in that huge living room, or can't hear us through the door, he loved that room most about this house. She told her daughter to check the living room for her father. Her daughter went off to do that. Linda started unpacking some of the food they had brought in the kitchen, when she heard a scream from her daughter. 
She ran to the living room to see what was the matter. She looked in and screamed herself. Steve was sitting in his chair, book on the floor. His hair had turned stark white. His clothes were ripped, and it looked like he had tried to claw his eyes out with all the claw marks on his face. He was dead, with a look of stark terror etched forever on his face. Linda retched and cried. What? What could possibly have done this to her husband? What? Then through her sobs and her daughter screaming, she thought she heard a thumping sound upstairs. Dude, I I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like anybody claws their own face up. That's a good story. (laughs) That's, That's got production value. Yeah. Funny, or ripped ripped clothing and uh, and scratched his own face. I don't know. Oh, you know, stop hitting yourself. <laughs> All right, I got one. Oh, do you? Yeah. This next one is called the Mansion. I'm just gonna skip ahead. The Mansion. A shiver ran through her as a gentle caress ran over her shoulders and beneath her arms. She felt a gentle cupping of her breast and then a light tweaking of her nipples through the thin material of her robe. <laughs> that's your that's your annual literatica story <laughs> all right here's a here's a tale of terror now i'm gonna warn everybody before because even the even the title of this one might be objectionable to the younger listeners of which there are none i hope city city sand thunder sound <laughs> all right There was once a beautiful old house right on the edge of a lake, surrounded by woods. But no one would live there because a spirit calling itself Sifty Sifty San drove everyone away. In desperation, the owner of the house went to the big city, looking for a man or woman who would be able to banish the spirit of Sifty Sifty San. The first night in town, he came across a man named Sam, who had spent much of his life banishing ghosts. You know, banishing Sam. Yeah. Yep. Old, Old banishing Sam. As Sam approached the house, he whistled cheerfully to himself. The prospect of a good night's sleep in a fancy house and a big wad of money in his pocket made Sam a happy man. Darkness came swiftly, and with it came a sinister hissing sound from the forest. Safety, safety. The wind whistled in the treetops. Sam. The waves lapping at the shore responded. Outside, a huge gust of wind shook the house and howled down the chimney. Sam shivered and threw another log on the fire. The wind settled down a bit, and Sam could once again hear the tiny sounds of night. Safety, safety, the little frogs croaked. Sand. Belched the biggest of the bullfrogs. Holy sh**, Sam Sand. (laughs) There are frogs that can talk. Uh, Yeah. The sound of the waves grew louder. Sam heard a huge thud, thud, thud sound coming from the forest. Sam ran around the house, making sure all the windows and doors were locked. He had just settled down by the fire for supper when there came a soft cry from the far side of the lake. The frying pan shook in his grip and he hastily put it back in the fire and pulled a Bible out of his pack. The cry came again, louder. A strange gust of air blew through the house, bringing with it a strange musty smell, like the dust in a graveyard. Out on the lake, Sam heard a voice chanting, I'm Sifty Sifty Sam, and I'm here on the lake, but where is the man? Sam froze in place, and the wind picked up again, howling down the large chimney. I'm Sifty Sifty Sam! 
A sinister voice hissed from the shore of the lake. I'm here on the shore, but where's the man? Sam dropped his Bible in fright. His hands were shaking too much to grip anything, and the dusty, decaying smell coming through the window seemed to dull his thoughts and numb his body. I'm Sifty Sifty Sam! A terrible, howling voice called from the front of the house. I'm here on the porch, but where's the man? Abandoning food, Bible, bag, and sanity, Sam wrestled desperately with the back window, trying to open it wide enough to climb through. He heard the front door slam open with a bang, and down the passageway came the thud, 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 thudding of footsteps. Then the kitchen door slammed inward, and a huge shadow with burning yellow eyes appeared in the frame. I'm Sifty Sifty Sam! A horrible, blood-chilling voice bellowed. I'm here in the house with the trespassing man! No, you ain't. On account of I'm gone! shouted Sam, springing through the window, glass, wood frame and all. He hightailed it back to his own town faster than a jackrabbit, and that was the last time anybody went near the old house on the lake. If it hasn't fallen to pieces by now, then Sifty Sifty Sam may still be there. Boo? <laughs> boogity boogity? You you have some kind of affinity for stories, it, yeah. That people repeat things as they get closer. I'm to I'm like the chant whisperer. Yeah. I can find these stories without trying, yeah. Because I don't try and I find them. That's how I've proven <laughs> that. Yeah, uh, you know this is this is kind of a trope in stories. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know it's like oh guy in house, the repeated. It gets closer. It gets closer. It gets closer. This was this threw you a, a little turn because he got away. That's true, yeah. But here's what I'm curious Never about. Never banished a ghost ever again. Right. Here's the thing. This guy's like, he spent his whole life banishing ghosts, and he brought nothing. He didn't... He brought a Bible. Yeah, but like... That's all you need but, is Jesus. But like... What are you talking about? When, but what? But what? <laughs> Jesus. That's all you need. WWJD. Here's the thing, though. Like, he didn't like commence to banishing. He made no attempt to banish. Sounds like he was a fraud. Right. He's like, oh, I'll just sleep in a spooky house and not give a fuck. Yeah. I think that's what he... big old wad. He still had the wad of cash in his pocket. Yeah, I think that's what... Yeah, he got paid. So he what? He got paid up front. That's a smart racket. Yeah. That's... He's... I'm a banisher, which is a, a turn-of-the-century dialogue for hobo. <laughs> I'll sleep in your spooky room for money. Yeah. $500 right now, and I'll go get rid of that ghost. Right. He By was sleeping. never seen again. Yeah, and, and neither I guess, was the money. And yeah, exactly. And except by the local strip club. That's right. So there you go. There's the wow. terrifying tale of Sifty Sifty San. Oh, okay. How about you got, Flora? I got one more for you, and uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna round my stories out uh, with a with a good old poem. I love it. Best way to end an episode. This poem is called Will of the There in the Calamus he stands with frog webbed feet and bat winged hands. His glow worm garb glints goblin wise and elfishly and elfishly. Above the gleam of owlet eyes, a death's moth cap of downy dyes nods out at me, nods out at me. Now in the reeds his face looks white, 
as witch down on a witch's night. Now through the dark old haunted mill, so eerily, so eerily, he flits, and with a whippoorwill, mouth calls and seems to syllable, Come follow me, come follow me. Now o'er the sluggish stream he wins, a slim light at his finger ends. The spotted spawn, the toad hath clumb, slips oozily, slips oozily. His easy footsteps seem to come, like bubble gaspings of the scum, now near to me, now near to me. There by the stagnant pool he stands, a foxfire lamp in flickering hands. The weeds are slimy to the tread, and mockingly, and mockingly, with slanted eyes and eldritch head, he leans above a face long dead, the face of me, the face of me. You said it, crime stick. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, that's yeah. the Will of the Wisp poem. That's awesome. That was good. That was that was the spookiest thing. <laughs> poems are the the yeah. eerie poems are are spooky. Yeah, they're good. Spooky poems are spooky. Spooky 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 poems. Diggy uh, toots. <laughs> we, toot we, poem got a, we got a request for more diggy toots. Yeah, I forgot sh- about that. Yeah, I guess we we've been laxing our doogie, diggy tootsing. Dig it too, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write some spooky poetry. That's the next, my next mightiest time is called Ghost Stories. Remember Plamba? Treble my neighbor. <laughs> Treble my neighbor. Abel Knebel. <laughs> Halloweeble. Trick or treble. Thank you, all Dig it too. So there you go. That's uh, that's your your ghost stories episode for yeah. this year. Yeah. Check check your pants because you wet them. Yeah. Hopefully you wore a diaper or at least sat on a towel. Oh, man. And uh, look forward to some more around Yuletide. Yep. And uh, and then next summer. Yeah, like we do. Like we do. I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, it's, I don't know that there's anything scarier than those stories. Probably not. No. Probably not. I and In fact, I think we should go on and tell everybody to subscribe to iTunes and, and say our names with, with funny yeah. phrases and then, and then say bye, probably, right? Oh, yeah, no. Because like, we can't get any scarier than that. Wait a minute. What? What's that tap, tap, tapping on the window? A gremlin? No. <laughs> Something far more dangerous. Puns. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll start us off. All right, all right. I don't, take, give, take, I don't give no f***s. Floor is on point. I have a uh, fortune teller. Nice. Uh, fortune teller where you can uh, go and have your fortune divined by looking into the contents of a cardboard box. Oh, really? It's called The Scry. Nice! That That is good. I like that. <laughs> All right, I, I've got one. This is uh, it's one of our new sponsors. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's actually a uh, demolition company. They specialize in uh, unblocking old rivers. You know, people used to... They would block up a river to kind of create a reservoir, but then uh-huh. over time they realized it was a bad idea. Sure. So this one company special environmentally unsound, dude. Right. Exactly. You're so this one company ecosystem. exists. They that's they specialize in removing these impediments. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's run by a, a woman. Her name's Agatha, but they've always called her uh, Black Aggie. 
Uh, and so her, you know, it's just a, a nickname she's always had. Um, so her company is uh, Black Aggies Damn Kablam. Whoa, Black Aggies, damn kablam. Whoa, Black Aggies, damn kablam. That river blocked up, damn kablam. Then we're gonna show up, damn kablam. Get rid of that debris, damn kablam. Gonna set that water free, damn kablam. Whoa, Black Aggies, damn kablam. That's what I've got. If there's not one, there is now. What do you got for? Oh, jeez. All right. Um, my my next one, uh, uh, it's it's a it's a popular uh, a tourist spot, mm-hmm. especially for fans of of old WWF wrestling. Oh, of which there are classic many. classic days. Uh, but if you go there, you might come out of it with with uh, bleached hair, just Whoa. hair that's almost stark white. Uh, you you might be horrified at what you see because uh-huh. you go in there and you hear thump thump. It's the it's the Ric Flair house. <laughs> the nature boy. <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice WWF reference. Really well done. Uh, All right, I've got I've got one to round this out. Oh, okay. I got a it's a children's story about a man named Daniel hmm. who travels to Japan and he likes to race cars, but in Japan, they like to make the cars go sideways. Yeah. So it's the tale of Shifty Drifty Dan. <laughs> he does that in Tokyo, right? He dies and becomes a ghost. <laughs> oh yeah, man, there it is, man. Oh man, Lamb's puns. You can't. You can put them in the ground, but they just come back to haunt you. Yeah, you can't bury puns. Tap 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 at the window. That's right. Scary stuff. Yeah, you know, Flora. Uh, I'm not entirely certain um, where wolves. Yeah, werewolves. <laughs> Where to put this in the podcast? Because I've got a whole bunch of terrifying tales you that do. are all entirely true. Where did they come from? Where did you get them? I looked all over the place for tales, and I couldn't find any. Well, I've got a bunch, and uh, they come from Listener Mail Hollow. What? <laughs> yeah. That's a creepy place. Yeah, all those kids are from Listener Mail Elementary School. <laughs> yeah. One of us. One of us. <laughs> yeah. What do we got in the old mailbox? This oh week? man, so many great things, and we've got uh, an amazing. We're gonna kick this off mm-hmm. with a couple of true tales of the terrifying that we had. To, we got so much awesome listener mail that we had to like. We had to make some Sophie's choices here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, as promised, let's get our promises right out of the way. A terrifying tale from Ms. Kitty Pickles. Uh oh. Uh, one of our good friends, Kate Parker, from the uh, hilarious and very entertaining Uniform Snowflakes podcast. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Of which we were guests. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how we know it was so good. <laughs> We've tasted those goods firsthand. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> uh, I shoved them all in my face <laughs> and then almost threw up the rest of the night. <laughs> so Kate's got a great uh, haunted apartment story. We got great. a couple this week. Cool. Um, so let's kick this off. Yeah. Kate uh, moved into an apartment. Uh, she had some roommates, and uh, one night she gets she gets home. Uh, she's got the apartment to herself. She's taking a nap, whatever, mm-hmm. um, sharpening knives, whatever it is. It is she feels taking like pants doing, off um, other put, people's probably put, putting bread everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> right? We're, yeah? we're yeah? wildly speculating on the personal life of Kate here. She's probably playing Stratego, but it's on a turntable, so she's playing both sides of it. I yeah, don't know. Still losing. <laughs> um, so she hears uh, her roommate come home. She hears the keys in the door. Door is open, shuts, goes straight into the bathroom to jump in the shower. Now, Kate, this is kind of a new arrangement. She didn't know her roommate that well, so it's not like she could come flying in there. <laughs> right. But Kate had to also like get ready for work and stuff. But she's like, oh, I'll just wait in bed. So she's sitting there, and she hears the shower running, and it's running for like 20 minutes. And sure. she's like, dude, come on now. Water conservation. Yeah, let's think of the planet. So she's waiting and waiting, and finally she like walks up, and she kind of knocks on the door. She's like, hey, hello. And finally she's like, God, I... I have to open the door. Opens the door. There's no one there. There's no shower running. She'd heard it for like 30 minutes. Hmm. Nothing going on. She checked. She even like, Kate is a very rational woman. She was like, well, maybe it's the upstairs neighbor. She went outside and actually stuck her head out the window to see if she could hear a shower from like her upstairs or downstairs Mm -hmm. neighbor. Nothing. Because they were done. (laughs) because <laughs> that shower was over but no she heard all the all the interim sounds everything huh. happened and then there was no one there weird yeah that's great super spooky i mean as spooky tales go she got off pretty light yeah yeah but it's it's still spooky because that means for the rest of her time in that apartment she was like bracing for ghost encounter yeah yeah that's uh that'll take it out of you yeah nice thanks for writing kate yeah thank you kate kitty pickles also uh Kate, in beautiful, minimalist fashion, closes out her story with, great podcast, guys, which I was better at puns. Nice. Well played. Yeah, that was like just a tiny little dagger. Which (laughs) I was better. Nice. Well played, Kitty Pickles. Nice. We also have one from uh, a friend of the podcast, Kenna. Oh, yeah. Who is very talented and terrific. Um, And it's she lived in a haunted apartment. And uh, so she she moved in, and her roommates had said, uh, hey, just so you know, our apartment's haunted. Um, there was an old woman um, named Frances who used to live in the building. And as Kenna was unpacking her bags when she first moved in, she heard clearly an elderly woman say, hello. And which obviously freaked her out. No one else out. in the apartment. No one else in the apartment. She was there by herself. And her roommates... I love this. Their roommates weren't like, oh my God, the ghost. They were like, yeah, our ghost doesn't talk. (laughs) They like stiff armed her on that. No. She's like, guys, I'm having an experience. They're like, yeah, no, we we don't experience a ghost, but not that kind of ghost. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I'm pleased to report Kenna doesn't live with those people anymore. Well, what happened to yes and man? (laughs) You got to pay money to do that. Yeah, but they did continue to have. problems with the haunting uh one of the girls ended up having a baby and they said that really kicked things up which we hear a lot hmm. in ghost stories so I, I i'm wondering uh kind of how they how it kicked it up it was it a, a more just more of a presence uh did it do stuff was it was it more malevolent was it uh did it tuck the baby in you know yeah. like like what kind of how how, how did, did that how did increase it, yeah so yeah thank you very much ken i love that an awesome That's story good... and right here uh right here in chicago yeah right around the corner Haunted apartments unvoidable leases <laughs> security deposit <laughs> denying friends <laughs> yeah we heard back from my friend disturbed mm-hmm. oh hey hi wait, there. wait 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 <laughs> 
Because see, that's, that's disturbed. That's the one. That's yeah, the one. That's, see, that's we how learn. you know. We learn. <laughs> Alistair Crowley. Oh, I'll you only got room. You, you got room. For I got one, room to be right about one, one thing. thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a disturbed one to let us know that uh, we we actually got a mention on the Miskatonic University podcast. Uh, and you can find those guys at mu-podcast.com. It's a Call of Cthulhu role-playing podcast. Uh, so great. Thank you guys for, for uh, giving us a shout-out there. Uh, and we're we're probably going to be hitting up your site soon. Oh, yeah. Because we, we've got some Lovecraftian irons in the fire. Oh, we really do. We've got a, an amazing episode. We were trying to get it done for October. Couldn't quite get the scheduling worked right. Oh, scheduling? But we're here every week, Flora. What could that possibly mean? Well, I don't know. Uh, it, uh, yeah. So, well. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we we've got some stuff in the works. So so thank you guys for listening and, and giving us a shout out. Yeah. Uh, we'll be we'll be swinging by your neck of the woods soon. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Wah. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. 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 <laughs> Well done. Uh, I'd like to take just the briefest moments to point out that uh, this week's listener mail is brought to you by Bourbon and Cider. Oh. Bourbon and Cider, a delicious beverage. I highly recommend it. And uh, and here we go. <laughs> and it helps you to not finish sentences. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We've got a, uh, uh, a quick note from a friend of the podcast, Jay. Uh, Jay says that the uh, for some reason he felt that the penalty box of the Jabberwock had an oddly sexual mix to it. Hmm. Maybe hmm. It was, was it because we were like both in on it? <laughs> Tag teaming the Jabberwock? Yeah. It's, it's probably because everything went snicker snap. <laughs> and we were all galumphing all over the mm-hmm. place. Kaloo kalay. Now, I, I do want to point this out because I, I, it occurred to me when listening to it that it has been a long time mm-hmm. since we've explained the penalty box. So we should do this every time. True. The penalty box is a weird technological torture chamber that we created on accident with our old microphone setup. Mm -hmm. Uh, To make a very long story short, um, using our old microphone and our old laptop, for some reason, when you speak into the, if you're wearing headphones, you speak into the microphone, it goes through the computer, and by the time it gets to the the headphone output, there is just this this one-tenth of a second, this incremental delay. Mm Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is your brain is constantly trying to sync up what you're saying with what you're hearing. Right. So it makes it impossible to speak clearly. You're, you, you, you keep, your brain keeps trying to, to bridge that delay gap by yeah. elongating words or repeating syllables <laughs> and making you sound drunk and stupid. So that, that, that's what the penalty box is. It's, right. it's this thing that you can speak fine. Everything's great until you put the headphones on and you hear your voice at this little delay mm-hmm. and everything falls apart. Yeah. You have to have just great powers of focus if if you want to hear yourself while speaking. And even even it's then so hard. it's it's just before we you're des- on that delay. Before we decided to turn it into entertainment, be- while we were <laughs> setting up every week, we would both put the headphones on and try to see if we could focus through it. And yeah. Somehow no, we can't. No. And as an interesting postscript, uh, the United States government is also hip to this little trick, and they are actually uh, have already developed a means of of functionally silencing a public speaker by using um, this this kind of delay. It's a it's a psychological phenomenon that they're aware of, so that they can use a directional um, speaker so that they can focus sound onto one person and play their own voice back at them at just such a delay that makes it hard for them to speak in public. So if wow. you've got a rabble rouser rousing that rabble, you can actually 
functionally silence them wow. th- using a, a more tuned in version uh, than of, of, of the same exact phenomenon. How's that for fun and interesting? Huh. That's neat. Yeah. That's something you can uh, learn the powers of focus for to overcome. I, I know. So that's the thing. We keep trying every week. We focus so that when it's time <laughs> for us to lead the revolution, we will not be silenced. Great. We'll probably uh, be drunk, but we will not be silenced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just be making more sounds and less words. Brought to you by Apple Juice and Bourbon. Got uh, got some mail from uh, uh, Daniel, a listener, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Daniel says he's he's been listening since nearly the beginning, which is great. Thank you. Good on you. Uh, and, and we're also sort of sorry. And and we're sorry. <laughs> but he says he's surprised that we haven't done a UFO show yet. That's uh, excellent that, question, Daniel. That's that's a I'm good. So glad point. you brought that up. That's one of those uh, a listers that that we kind of shy away from. We because the subject of UFOs is so huge, right? From the beginning. Until we we get stupid with everything, uh, so for the next three months <laughs> we're going we we we're going to focus on probably stories that may involve UFOs right. or all parts of them or, or something. Uh, but we're never going to really, I don't think, tackle like UFOs, UFOs as a blanket subject. Yeah. yeah, I think that I mean we get into some cool areas that we've touched on before, like Palladians. Yeah, Dyatlov um, Pass, had, Ashtar had Command, stuff. like, uh, uh, and it will will. Always go after the really specific weird aspects of it. Yeah, but I don't know that we'll ever just have a UFOs episode. Or, yeah, you know, or like a Roswell episode or something. Right. I, there's I so much out there about that, and we kind of pride ourselves on bringing bringing the weird. Yeah, or or the poorly understood. Maybe the the closest we would come would be like a Phoenix Lights episode or something. Yeah, but I don't know of anything beyond beyond that. Because yeah, like Bigfoot. Nessie, Roswell, that that stuff's just been done so much it's you can't even recognize it. Yeah, it is it is pretty thoroughly covered, but we you have my word as a guy who's been drinking <laughs> that uh we're definitely you'll hear more stuff about UFOs. Oh, yeah. No question. Yeah. We we're we're too we're too fond of the weird, but it'll always be a, an area of the UFOs that that maybe we don't feel has gotten enough attention. Right. Right. And if you, the listener, Daniel included, have something that you're like, well, maybe you guys would like this. Please tell us. Sure. And then we will tell everyone because we're <laughs> blabber mouths. Yay. <laughs> Don't tell us about that girl you like because we'll embarrass you. Uh, we also got a really great uh, letter from uh, Mick uh, from the UK. Hey, Ever Mick. heard of it? Nice. G'day, eh? Nope, nope. <laughs> what? Wrong. Wrong oh. one. Wrong one. Ludentog? Uh, Cheerio. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to learn them countries someday. Right. Uh, hey, Mick, Mickey, how you doing? Uh, Mick gives us one a really great uh, article linked to about mysterious hum sounds, which we've talked about before, yeah, yeah. that actually could be mating fish, large schools of mating fish that Amazing. are known to use low-frequency sound. Yeah. That's that's just smart. Right. I like, love that. It's not sexy because it, the mystery's dead, but... <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, I mean, have you seen these fish? Oh. I, I mean... Let's not say it ain't sexy just yet, bro. (laughs) Also, he has a couple of great questions about animal mutilations uh, and that uh, a correspondence between animal mutilations and a radiologic uh, that that the parts that are taken from animals are the portions where uh, radiation tends to build up, perhaps. Interesting. Or that um, the areas where there are a lot of animal mutilations are where... Uh, radioactive air has blown through or dust particles after say testing or after Chernobyl, Hmm. um, which would, I guess top of my head kind of point to maybe this is government sampling, but they don't feel like filling out a lot of paperwork, Wow, you know, something like that. 
um, definitely something worth looking into. So uh, look to that's, the future. That's, that's that great. sounds like the that sounds like the the seed of a particularly fruitful episode. Yeah, yeah, it does. Thank that's, you, Mick. That's got UFOs in. It's got some conspiracy going in there. Right. It's got some physiology, a little and bit of physics. It's smart too. Like that's connecting the the yeah. points on the, Ooh, the old throwing a muffin recipe. <laughs> that's how that's how you're getting your worth. That's 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 a full service podcast right there. Nice. And we got uh, we got some puns from uh, from our friend Lenny sent it, oh, sent it to yeah. us. Uh, Lenny says the Yeti had to take a pause when he found himself unbearably cold and could not perform his greatest sexual and most relaxing act that he coined the high breed. But as it is for most cryptids with mental disorders and confused sexual identities, he never has any lasting relationships because he is bipolar. By Yeti, do you perhaps mean bear, my good friend? <laughs> uh, well, Thank you. Know you. What? Thank, thanks for writing, uh, Lenny. I, I'm, I'm going to file that one under uh, the miscrypted contest. Yep. That, that's where that one will go in. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for writing in, you guys. Yeah, thank you Keep so much. Coming. Please, you know, we are now, we have now retooled our mail handling system, and now I dare you to break it. It's time <laughs> for, like, the stress test on our beta server. Oh, I want you to make this the... I don't even want to mention Obamacare. <laughs> so seriously, choke us with correspondence. Bury us with letters and puns. Devastate our minds with your tales of the unknown. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can have a nice chat about it. Yay. Teacups. Thoroughly done, people. Thoroughly and frighteningly. Yeah, I'm scared. Don't be too scared to go to iTunes, though, and nope. give us some stars and, and uh, give write us a review. five of them. There is a number, and it's very specific. <laughs> the number is five. Not some, not a few, not a couple. Several. Several is five. Uh, you can go to Twitter and follow us at blurry underscore photos. Yep. Uh, you can go to uh, uh, Facebook and YouTube under the same name, Blurry Photos mm-hmm. Podcast. Uh, you can search for us both on there. Like us on Facebook. Please like us. That that helps us out. And uh, YouTube, you can scri- subscribe to us, and hopefully we'll be putting out some different content other than, yep. than episodes. Yeah, we're we working on out. some stuff. we got some irons in the fires. Got some fires. And you can stumble upon us if, if that's your, that's your boat your, to float. That's your bag. And as always, feel free to, to write into us, that contact form on Facebook, on Twitter, however you like. Yeah. Oh, we love it. Talk to us. Please do. Yeah. Uh, now that everything's hopefully working still. Yep. Other than that, have a happy and safe Halloween. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Hope you enjoyed this blurry October. <laughs> now you'll be haunted by pie and turkey. But in the meantime, for this episode of Blurry Photos, and for Blurry Photober on the whole. Oh, yeah. I have been David <laughs> Flora. And I'm predictably David. Oh, Black Stecco. There's podcast ends. Bam Lamb. We need Facebook friends. Bam Lamb. Y'all don't get high. Bam Lamb. Now say bye.
when Felis Ang <laughs> that didn't last when long. Felis Angie. <laughs> when Felis Anus <laughs> met Biggest Dickus. Yeah. <laughs> the randiest Roman in all of Greece. In Greece. What? Right. Stop laughing. Do you find something funny about <laughs> Biggest Dickus? <Dickith? Dickith? laughs> 